good considering. Yeah, considering what's that? The meat. Normally I'm broken at this point, but I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So um, since the meat, like coming into this meat, I think a lot of people didn't realize like uh, what you were going to do. Obviously, you just absolutely destroyed the Wilkes record. But a lot, like we got so many questions coming in from people as soon as I said, does anyone got questions for CC? And um, I think it's because, you know, in this day and age with like like uh, social media, everyone knows so much about everybody else, right? Like there's, there's very little that's not already said and already known, especially with some people with like 100,000 followers, etc. And you kind of came out of nowhere. People didn't see you coming. I see, not to take all the credit, but in the prediction show, I predicted you'd, you'd win. But um, I seen you come. I think a lot of people didn't realize what was going to happen. And um, you came in there and just like absolutely blew everybody's expectations away and um, or any expectations they'd have for anyone else. And now everybody's got all these questions, you know, so it's, I think. Insane. Yeah. Well, like, I think like we got tons. I didn't know we'd have so many like direct messages asking all these questions and like, like, where did she, how did she get into the sport? You know, where did she come from? Did she know she was going to do that? You know, what's next, et cetera. So. I mean, we can kind of pick it up um, from the start, I guess. But real quick, have you noticed a big influx in your social media since the U.S. Open? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember being at the meet, and I remember going to the bathroom, and I forget why I like. I normally have my phone in airplane mode on meet day. Yeah. So I'm at the meet, going into the bathroom, and this was after squats. And I took my phone off airplane mode. I want to say I was just trying to get in contact with either my teammate or my coach at the time. And I noticed that my notifications on my Instagrams were exceedingly high. <laughs> what is going on? Like, and that was just that. be doing something insane on the internet. And that was just after squats, right? <laughs> I noticed that like it went from, like I think I had 8,000 followers at the time, a little bit over 8,000. Then after squats, it instantly jumped to 10,000. And I was just like, then I had all of these people sending me my squat video, opener, second attempts, third attempts, just telling me just how impressed they were. Yeah. Um, with the with the deal, and I was just like, log out of this. We got to go back and focus. You've done nothing yet. And so I was, I am in shock at how much it has grown in such a short time. It is insane. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what's your what's your Instagram what's your Instagram followers at now? I think it's at nineteen thousand. So now. ten thousand people basically over the course of that weekend. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. Kind of, everybody is talking CC. Everyone's like, "What the hell did that?" You know, you just came out of nowhere. Used to this. Yeah. So, and what's it like adjusting now that so many people are talking about you? Everyone in powerlifting, not just U.S. Open, but like. I mean, all IPF lifters and everybody are all like, it's, it's because what's exciting is if people see it coming, it's one thing. Well, it's to be expected, you know? Like when Yuri Belkin won, well, it's to be expected we thought Yuri was going to win. When people don't see you coming, that's when it becomes so exciting. Hey, yo, did you see that girl, CC? Like, you know, it becomes the talk of the town, so to speak, right? Which makes it so exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know what's crazy is it's just like, um, my coach has been training me to, I guess, to put on a performance like this, at least for the past four years. And so we do a lot of, like, I'll post a little bit of my training, but I don't really post everything that I do all the time. 
And so getting ready for the meet, um, we were looking at the numbers that I was doing in the gym. And just to stay competitive with lifters like Steffi Cohen, Stacey Burr, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Mariana, um, yeah. Susan Salazar, I'm like, well, if they're doing this at this body weight, then I have to do this at this body weight. And I'm just like, thanks, girls. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, what was so exciting about this meet is I didn't even get to go full force. Um, and that's scary. We, we rearranged the plan off of what we saw off of what we saw my lifters, our competitors doing that day, we were looking at squatting maybe 622, Holy looking man. at deadlifting 630, and then bench pressing 369 to 370, to 369 to 374. Jesus. And the fact that I didn't have to do that is, in itself, I'm upset because I really wanted to do all those numbers. But um, very pleased with what I did, very grateful for what I did do. But everything that I did on meet day, I had already done in my training practice, minus the 617 squat. Yeah. We worked up to 600 on my last day um, squat session. And he was just like, if you stay healthy, this weight cut does not kill you, you're going to do some pretty impressive things. And so I was just very happy. The stars aligned that day for me. It's it's crazy that that was you cruising at half speed. Like that's scary for for. I mean, your competitors got to be like what? Like a lot of people at the U.S. Open um, were just like pushing it way too far. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of people bombing out. You see a lot of people like just getting one squat or just mm -hmm. getting one dead because they're really pushing the envelope. Forty k on the line. So yeah. for you to go in there and be like, hey, I, I think I'm gonna. You know, get eighty percent and walk away. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's the thing is, I, 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 you know, for the training cycle, I was sitting back biting my nails. I mean, everybody's a nervous wreck yeah. because I'm just like, I know what I'm competing against and I know who I'm competing against. And if they put up their best numbers, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to come down to like point something versus who wins and versus who comes yeah. in second and who comes in third. And so, um. When I saw that they were missing maybe second attempts and third attempts, I was just like, okay, the pressure is on to go three for three on squats if yeah. I want to get ahead. And at least that's what my coach told me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, he didn't say it all nice like that, but <laughs> it, it happened. And I'm just very, but the thing is, going into next year, now that, you know, me cruising, as you say, um, versus everybody else competing full force. Like, I still feel like Stacy has so much to offer. Um, I feel like Steffi Cohen still has a lot to offer, and Susan still has a lot to offer. Miriana still has a lot to offer. And so to know that they're coming all back again next year, but you, that's honestly exciting. Looking at what you did at this U.S. Open, I would say going to the next one, you could probably fit 40K in your budget and just rest assured. You can just rest assured and be like, all right, if I'm looking at what I'm expecting to make next year, I'm going to put that 40K in there. How nice is that check to have? $40,000. Uh, it is a blessing to a broke college student. Yeah. No kidding. Wow. You can power lift your way through an education, you know? Yes. It is in the savings. It's not being touched because, yeah, I go back to school this fall. Wow. That's going to help, right? Eh? Yes, it's, it's, it was, I mean, you know, when I do it, in any competition I do, I, it was, it's like the, 
you have a chance to win forty thousand. I'm sure everybody is thinking, I want that forty k. Yeah. But then you also have to be risk realistic and say, well, there's how many other people that can also win this forty k. Yeah. And to me, I was like, there's four other girls that can walk away with this. And all I knew that I had to go in to hit my numbers. And coach is just like, if you hit your numbers, we get your body weight down to one seventy three, you will be hard to beat. That and that's and, that that's a conservative understatement. <laughs> That's a very conservative understanding. <laughs> yes, yes and no, because I have to be realistic with myself. Because, you know, like I remember saying Steffi posed her doing triples with 440 on squats. Yeah. And I was like, if she comes in and squats 480 yeah. at her body weight? It's tough. So, you know, what's you, tough? Know? you know what's tough with the U.S. Open is, because it's done by Wilkes, so you got to like, Break out your will to calculate. It's not. It's a lot easier to walk in there being like, if it's just per weight class, if I lift more than you, like that's simple math. I gotta, yeah. I would totally. But you, you have to have your coach like breaking out the Wilkes calculator and being like, what did she weigh in for body weight? What did she? You know, it's hard. It makes it a lot harder. Like we had people looking at body weight, people looking at attempts coming back, like not just looking at attempts, but like was it a grinder? Yeah. Was it easy? Yeah. Was you know? Do you think they have more in the tank? Like it's 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 insane as far as how you how how much you have to be on top of your knowledge and how quick you have to adjust your game plan yeah. Yeah, yeah. according to what everybody else is doing because like you said it's a looks game and so a lot of people have asked me oh why did CC take you know a knife attempt well I would have if I needed it but you know I remember pulling the six oh six. And I'm surrounded by Gracie. I have DJ in my ear. That's the coach. I have my teammate AJ in my ear. I want to say Steve Dennison was right there too. And everybody was just like, "Stop!" I was like, "What do you mean, stop?" I was like, so, <laughs> it's a slaughter now. Do I win regardless? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Am I, "Have I secured it?" <laughs> but, you know? And they're just like, "Yes." And I was like, "Okay, I'm done." I'll just say that for later on. You know, it's funny that um, they were telling you stop at that deadlift. That's one of the questions we had, by the way. Uh, we had a lot of people asking, like, why did she do a third deadlift? And I guess there he goes the answer. But it's almost, like, more intriguing now that we don't know your limits. Like, it's almost, like, makes it more people talking. It left more people. Because you know the biggest, you know, they say is always leaving one and more. The fact that you stopped with room, like, I think I'm just going to peace out with that, and you slaughtered the wheel talker, <laughs> makes people be like, what the hell? Like, if you would have pushed and they saw you fail at a certain lift, all right, it would have been like, we would okay, we see where her cap is. She can still expand from there. We don't even know. Like, people are, just, like, left guessing how far you could have put it that day. That makes it, like, so much more intriguing. And now everyone like, all eyeballs are going to be on your next meet for sure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> That's a hell of a performance to follow up. I'm very happy. I live out in small East Texas, and, you know, there's not a lot of anything out here. I mean, we've got a dollar store. That counts for something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I'm not used to, you know, I guess having all the attention on me. Like I said, even though posting videos, I posted some pretty impressive um, parts of my training cycle, but I still felt like people was just like, there's no way a girl at that body weight doing those numbers is going to win the meet. Yeah. And Ma the majority did. Majority thought that way. Yeah. It was, so like, what, 
we were reposting you like long before the U.S. Open. Yeah. And we knew like, um, yeah. and that's why like I pegged you as my favorite yeah. to win it because I knew, man, this girl is, she's just killing it in the gym. If everything's going according to your peaking cycle and the way everything was looking, I was like, you'd be the favorite for me. But um, I think uh, in terms of, because it's Wilton and body, but you do have some people like Steffi Cohen who are doing just ridiculous numbers and it's hard to, yes. it's hard to like, you, you know, you're not going to break out a Wilkes calculator for a heavy triple done in the gym. Like, it's hard. You know what I mean? To be like, what does her triple translate into your triple at the gym? It's hard to tell until the day of. Yeah. Right? So um, I think a lot of people caught by surprise by that. And then it, we, we, when we were talking about it, because you're in a heavier weight class, you'll get to go after them. So you'll get to have the chance to be like, what do I have to pull for the win? Mm -hmm. Like, load up the bar and I'll pull it for 40000 for the win. And then, yeah. as, as the day, like, that could have happened. And as the day went, obviously that didn't have to because you were so far ahead, you didn't even have to take your third step. But in the men's, that's like what Brendan Allen was like, you know, load up yeah. the bar with the $40,000 pull, right? So that's another reason why I was thinking, leaning towards you, because I don't think anyone to weight, any of the weight classes up were a threat. And, um, and you could always just say, what do I got to do for the win? Load it up and I will pull it. We were banking, I mean, that's, I mean, this whole meat prep, my coach is like, you know, stay on your endurance, you know, he was like, squats, yeah, are great, bench, yeah, it's great, but he was just like, CC, it's going to come down to your second pool, like, we're going to put what you need to, we're, I'm going to put on the bar on your second attempt so you can have two shots at it to win the meet, and so, when I overheard the announcer as I'm walking up to the platform say 606 is on the bar, I was thrilled to hear <laughs> You look at that? Well, because I had all, I'd done that on my last training day. We yeah. worked up to, I mean, we did 567 for an opener, and 606 was always the, the, the it was either going to be, he was either going to call 606 or 622 or 630, whatever it took to win. Yeah. And so I was just like, I was like, that's all, I was like, that's it. Yeah. I don't have to. We're good. Because I'm happy I didn't have to do that because back in LA when I first pulled 601, I'm not going to lie. That tore me apart. Yeah. <laughs> that was, a, that was it, it took me about two weeks to feel normal after that. And so doing a weight that I had already conditioned my body to do, I was very pleased because I'm like, okay, I can't walk away from this. I, do, and, I think you actually won it with your opening deadlift. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he told me after the fact. I was like, no way. <laughs> so yeah. he was just like, and you know, from a coaching aspect, he was just like, because in his mind, he was just like, I want you to get the respect that uh, I feel like you deserve, so I at least want to show people what you're capable of, or yeah. at least give them a idea of what you're capable of, and so I think that's why he just kept me going on that second attempt. Yeah, I mean, it was enough, uh, it was enough to get everybody talking, but then um, you left the door open for, like, you know, stay tuned to see what else I got, because everyone wants to see that third poll now. You yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> I have two competitions left this year. I compete in about two weeks in Houston at their Fit Expo, and then I do the tribute meet this August. And so this August will be where you'll get a chance to see um, what I have in the tank because it's my last meet of the year. And so try to go out with a – well, whatever coach says I got to do, because I think he wants me to attempt to squat 640. Ooh Wow. No pressure at all. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I don't have to work harder. Did, so, 
did you, 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 uh, did you say you were competing yeah. in two weeks? Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, I'll be a raw lifter then. I'll try to. The goal there is to just um, just get back my squat record that was broken. Um, so we'll try to go there and set it up to set it up a little bit higher. But like I said, I'm a broke college student, so any chance I have to compete to pick up money, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll try. So, so how do you think you're going to feel like your body-wise two weeks? That's a really quick turnaround. I guess it I, is. I feel great. I think that's what's blowing my mind is I'm not hurting. It's like, you know, with the way, he, with the way my coach trains me, like I do, like for instance, my last heavy squat day, I did 600 for a predicted second, but then I also walked out 700 pounds for a heavy hold. Yeah. So he was preparing my body to do insane amount of weight to beat you know, lifters at a lighter body weight, and yeah. the fact that we didn't even get a chance to tap into any of that, yeah, it bothers me because I'm like, oh, now I gotta <laughs> go back to this training. Yeah, <laughs> back in the grind, right? <laughs> I can't use the excuse to where I left it all on the platform. Yeah, I have nothing left to give, and so no pressure at all. It's uh, it's the um. So how much money would the tribute in the next competition be? How much is on the table? Do you know? Well, I think at the Houston meet, I think they're giving out 2000 I think the cash price differs whether you're raw or classic raw. Okay. But I think they're giving out 2500 to the classic raw lifters, 2000 to the raw lifters. Um, the tribute meet, I'm not for sure if they've set a correct cash price, so I don't want to jump the gun. But I think they're looking at trying to give out 30000 Jesus. To the overall best winners, whether that's raw or classic raw. I could be wrong on the cash prize, but it all depends on what they raise. So I don't want to, like, don't quote me on that. You you were going to be pulling in, like, like 70K as a power lifter? This is insane. Like, you, you, you. It's not guaranteed. You never yeah. know what happens on you. This is true. But this it would be happens. nice. It would be, it would be nice. It would be staying humble because... You never know what happens on meet day. You never know what athlete is going to break out next. Yeah. Um, but it would be nice. Yeah. And well, and that's never more true than in powerlifting in terms of like people come out of nowhere. The thing with powerlifting, so in most sports, if it's like football, basketball, whatever, you come up through the juniors, the minor ranks, you get pulled into bigs, but people see you. People see you coming up through the juniors and whatever. Powerlifting, you can have somebody crushing weights, in their basement for 10 years, and then just yes. be like, hey, I think I'm going to do a meet, and come out of nowhere, and, and I think, yeah. surprise me. I think that's why people feel like um, I've come out of nowhere, because even in our training, we're very, it's like, um, like I think uh, I think it's just because of the way I train, like, I think that's what's crazy is, if you, for the small few that were watching me or that, that did follow me, they saw the progression, they saw the constant progress that was being made, and they knew that, oh, one day, if she gets it all together, <laughs> and the stars align just right for it, then something like this can happen, whether it's at the U.S. Open or, or just, at a, just at a meet that I'm doing. Um, but for the mass, like you said, it's, it's, it's all about how many people you have following you. They had no idea. Yeah. Of who who I was, or the fact that I've been lifting since I was thirteen, you know. So I think a lot of people think that I just boom, snap my fingers, and became this 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 lifter. And it's 
Quite the opposite, actually. Let's talk about that. Let's do it, because you know what you did for a lot of people come out of nowhere. Uh, we've been reposting you, but I still don't yeah. know, like, I don't know your story or anything. So how did you get into powerlifting? And, uh, and do you have siblings that are also, like, genetically gifted like you? No. Well, see, I'll, well, the siblings, I do have siblings, but no, none of them are, um, I don't think they'll get into the sport of powerlifting the way I have, or, I don't know, maybe they will. I guess it's just only time will tell. Actually, I started powerlifting at the age of 13. Well, I guess I'm 13 going on 14 then, but I started because I was sexually molested at the age of 13 by my stepfather, and it, I wanted to feel strong, and so I started lifting because I genuinely just wanted to feel strong so that no man or anyone could like ever overpower me again, yeah, and so colors. it started from there, and just being in just a tough upbringing as far as just the way I was brought up. It was just like lifting weights in, in, a, in a way saved my life because it gave me a true place to put all my anger, frustrations, insecurities, whatever I was going through at the time, I've always been able to put it into lifting. And so to see it turn into something beautiful 10 years later yeah. makes me very proud. That's a hell of a story right there. Holy smokes. So um, yeah. is this, is it, is your stepdad now, is he? Like in jail or? Yeah, he's in jail, but I think I think either he's released now or I really don't keep up with it. But he did go to jail. Hmm. That did happen. And was this was it just with yourself? Like did it, did your because you have siblings as well? Yes, at the time um, I'm the oldest of all of my siblings. Like I, my siblings, I have a little sister that's five. So she was not born at the time. And then my other siblings are like half-stepsister, half stepbrother, although I consider them, you know, full, whatever. So mm -hmm. they didn't live with me. So growing up, I was the only child. Hmm. Gotcha. Growing up. And that really, so that was a spark. It just created that, that created push, that anger. drive. Yeah. And then, and then on the flip side, so obviously, um, yeah, like you achieved your goal. No, Nobody's going to be able to overpower, like you're, you're, one of the strongest human beings walking the earth right now and then you're also like it's turned you into like this athlete you're, you're literally amongst the one percenters in the world for what you do like I can't picture like we've never seen a, an athlete like this before so it's crazy to think that you know from a negative comes a positive like this and now it's, is it a positive for you now like is there any negative connotations towards powerlifting because of that or like or do you train would you train almost angry or whatever no is that gone now and now it's a positive honestly it's been like a um, it's been it's been one of the hardest things for me to overcome because like i said after that event happened like my family treated me like i was a black sheep um my mom me and my mom disconnected still to this day me and my mom don't talk just because of things we've things that happened in my childhood so i can honestly say that for the longest, I lifted with anger, like it was, I'm angry, so I'm going to put it <laughs> yeah. on, this, on this barbell. I'm not going to put it, you know, into something that's going to be destructive as far as to me making myself better. But I can't hold it in either. But I can say that this is probably the first year since I've been dealing with it that I can honestly say I've overcome it in terms of it doesn't make me sad. Um, I can actually talk about it without crying. I can actually talk about it without, like, you know, constantly beating myself up, you know, in terms of 
I couldn't stand up for myself then. Yeah. And so now I talk about it now because I realize that it's important for me to tell tell certain aspects about my life because I genuinely want to help as many people I can mm-hmm. overcome anything that they're facing, anything that they've went through. Because let's face it, a lot of powerlifters aren't powerlifting because oh they have this perfect cookie cutter life. A lot of people are powerlifting because they're angry. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't do insane. I don't put six hundred pounds on my back because <laughs> I like taking jogs through the park. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, afterwards, after I've accomplished the goal, you know, I can do some jogging, not really, because I'm not going to run, but <laughs> I can yeah. be happy. But a lot of people have joined this sport because of pain that they're holding in and harboring, and they need a safe way to release it. And so what better way than to put it into the urn? Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, this is an incredible story. I think now your story, when people get to know, hear your story, A, it's, a, it's incredibly inspirational. Um, I mean, just to like overcome everything you've overcome, just hearing this as well. So if you and your mother had a, a disconnect and that was, you had that situation with your stepfather, was your, how old are you right now? I'm 23. So you're super young. You're very, you're still super young too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so composed and, and mature considering. So who really was your parental figures then? My grandparents. Um, um, growing up, it was my grandmother and my grandfather. Very, if you if you were to, grandfather, he's just, he's going on 85, Holt. and right now dementia is taking him down, which is pretty sad, but if you would have got a chance to see him growing up, you would see where I get my strength from. My papa is a farmer, um, big into cows, agriculture was his way of making money for the family, so growing up, I had to get out there in the hay fields, do some, like I said, I live out in East Texas, it's pretty much... No, we do not ride horses to school, but <laughs> farming, <laughs> farming is still pretty popular in this area. And, um, you know, it was just, just I think for me, because it was a pretty dark time, although I had my grandparents around me, it, it's just so much to take in at yeah. such a young age that you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And so for me, like I said, a lot of people face adversity and they either, they either overcome it or it beats them up and they get defeated by it. just like me in the sport like I remember I started off and I, I, I would genuinely say I love being a part of USPA because it's made me a better lifter I bombed at the 2015 USPA Nationals in Vegas I did I went there I was a, I was a 198 lifter at the time and I went there ready to squat six wasn't ready to pull six but I was ready to squat six I was ready to pull about 580 at the time and ready to bench about 3.30 at the time, all at around 198. But the day just did not go my way. You know, I got called on death. I got called on just not being a sharp lifter. And so that, too, has helped make me into the lifter that I am today because I was just like, oh. Because, like I said, I, I see so many people, the day doesn't go their way, so they run to social media. They want to blame somebody. They want to talk down on somebody, asking back to just looking within and saying, Okay, maybe I did have it all together. Yeah. Maybe I was being too inconsistent in my training. Maybe I can sharpen up. You know? Yeah, sharpen your sword a little. You know, you you could have easily gone another way with your life, giving giving the yeah. situation like you. The yeah. fact that you've um, found powerlifting. Do you think to a, a degree, like if you didn't have powerlifting in your life, things could have easily gone a different direction? 
Cause you oh, could, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, like I said, at 13, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where, had I had, you know, at that time, I remember thinking about suicide. I remember just being in a black hole. I don't even know if that makes sense. Or it's just like, just severe depression. Um, mm-hmm. and, ha- and then I started finding joy in lifting. It was just being able to do something and feel empowered by doing it, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm not getting paid to do this. No one knows I'm doing it, but it makes me happy and it gives me a purpose. Mm-hmm. Because I thought a lot of times people need a purpose, especially when they're going through a lot, just something else to focus on. Yeah. And it genuinely helped me because I became a better student at the time. I pushed myself to make better grades. I pushed myself to get in as many activities as I could just to genuinely become a better person and to further my career, join the military, um, went to college. <laughs> and it's incredible you did all this without, yeah. without like, uh, with all that going on. You know, at such an early age, and you had to be an incredible self-motivator to get all this achieved. Like, there are people who have way more going for them in terms of get set up to succeed who have achieved yeah. so much less. You know, you, you really are, I've pulled yourself together here. This is a, like a crazy story. I think it just comes down, it comes back to... Because I know I promised myself, I was just like, okay, when you get to 18, you know, you can't blame anybody for why you don't become something. You know, you can't blame it on your mom. You can't blame it on your father. You can't blame it on the guy that hurt you. You can't blame it on your current situation. I feel like so many people go through life hating something that happened in their childhood and just holding on to that. And it stops them from, like you said, being truly successful. And so I'm hoping that sharing my story truly shows people that, yeah, you're going to go through some stuff. Some of it's going to hurt. A lot of it may hurt, but you yeah. can still be something better, you know? I think uh, yeah, I think you're in a great position to reach a lot of people, especially uh, now that you, what you've done um, in terms of powerlifting, what you've achieved, and with all the eyeballs and ears on you now, um, <laughs> yeah, like this story is going to, like your story is going to be incredibly inspirational. Yeah, like there's, I think, I don't know the stats, I, I might be fudging the numbers here, but like one in four women will be sexually assaulted. It's, it's, yeah. it's a problem. So when someone like you comes forward who's like as strong and motivated, like both mentally and physically, and, and you're 23 and got, you know, your whole life put together and succeeding, and, you know, it's, I think it's very inspirational, a great story. I'm glad you're doing these type of podcasts. Hopefully people oh, hear you yeah. and have you on more. Even, you know, even with me to where, you know, the reason I'm so composed is because I'm blessed to be surrounded around individuals that do keep me composed, you know, to where I have a coach that will not let me <laughs> give nothing. But it's, I'm, I'm surrounded around people that expect me to be my best. And I never want to be the strongest or the smartest person with my group of friends and my training environment because then I feel like I stop growing. And then mm-hmm. I feel like I become complacent and content. And so by always surrounding myself around people that are more successful, that are better than me in terms of where they are in their life, it keeps me pushing to be better too. Does that make sense? It 100%. I think it's going to be harder and harder for you to, to find those people though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hunt down like half Thor, the world's strongest man, and be like, yes. you gotta tra- let's trade together. Let's, cause that guy's killing it too. But so, what does your family and friends think about 
you know, you coming home with like $41,000, everybody talking about you online, and like, what is your, what's your grandpa and grandma saying and your friends and family? And it's your just, I think it's just more so, they're proud, but it's still just a lot to take in because it's almost, I mean, you hear about things like this happening, oh, so-and-so went and came back with, I mean, it's not here in this area, but you just heard stories about people doing some impressive and winning because of it. Yeah. But I think for them, just to know me personally and to know and just to have seen me go from such a dark time in my life to such a bright time in my life, I think everybody is just happy and yeah. overjoyed because if, if everybody had a place in some point in time in my life as far as helping me get to that next level or just holding me together when I just wanted to, you know, quit. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a win for my whole community and everybody is just like, you put D. Barry on the map. Like, nobody knows D. Barry. Like, nobody knows where D-Barry is, but <laughs> I promise you, they know that. Well, they do that. They do that, that's for sure. So, how, how did, when you started at 13, 14, did you, like, know what you were doing? Did you have to find a coach, or? <laughs> I, was, I look back and I laughed because I thought I was so strong. <laughs> I thought I was so strong. I was big time in high school. I was just a small fish. No, a big fish in a small pond. I started off with my coach. She was, my coach was a I come from a school, small school district, and so you typically will find coaches doing sports that have never done it before, coaching yeah. sports that have never coached it before. Yeah. So my powerlifting coach was my was also the cross country coach. Never lifted a day in her life, and she did the best she could. Yeah. Um, she did the best she could considering um, what she was being asked to do. But it's funny because I remember our first team meeting, and I was, you know, I'm very competitive. I think that's obvious. Anybody that does a sport has competitiveness in them. And I remember telling her, I was just like, I'm going to be your strongest girl. And she was like, we'll see about that. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> 10 years later, she's just like, okay, you did it. Well, you know? You know, the funny thing is, so she's a cross-country um, coach. And probably they were like, look, we need somebody to train, you know, these kids, be a coach for powerlifting. She's like, I don't know much about powerlifting. We need someone to do it. God bless you. She stepped up. But now, now if anybody asks her and says, man, you don't know anything about powerlifting. Why are you coach? She'd be like, yeah, you know who CC is? Right. <laughs> like, That's what I'm about. That's what I'm about. I coached her. Because I got out of high school and um, I was dealing with some just a lot of ignorance had no idea of what I was doing, but just knew I just loved, had no idea what I was doing in the gym. I think my best numbers in my senior year, because in high school in Texas, you have to compete. Well, you don't have to, but I competed in single quad. And I think that, yes, I squatted 365, I deadlifted 405, and I bench pressed 185. So when I, meet, when, I, when I met my coach, I was just telling him my numbers or whatever, and he was just like, okay. And so he puts me in the gym, and I will never forget my first day of training with him. Very humbling. I was like, I'm going to have to do what? Squat how low? Yeah. Oh, how many reps? Really? With what weight? I got to eat what? <laughs> so was he, does, got, was he just telling you the numbers straight up, or was he giving you, like, uh, did he base off percentage, or was like RPE, or? No, like, it was pretty much just like, he, I mean, he doesn't do RPE, he doesn't do... I, we, he, he just goes off of what he sees, and so for him, it was just like, like I literally started off with 135 four years ago. 
Wow. Okay. Wow. On, on squats and then on deadlifts, we started off with 225. On bench, it's embarrassing. We started off with a little bit over 100 pounds. I think 105. Is that just because you wanted to clean up technique? Clean up technique and yeah. truly rebuild and just rebuild my rebuild my muscles and truly just make sure my joints, tendons, and ligaments were stronger too. And so now when we train, even now to where it's just pretty much. It's, it's just pretty much going off of what he sees and what I should be able to do to where, like, um, I'm trying to stick. Because it's not like West Side, it's not like a conjugate training program. It's nothing like that. It's just more so bodybuilding, volume-based, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, you, you do I, a lot of volume then? Like, what's your, which, how many days a week do you squat, and what's the usual rep ranges for you? Well, if this is the beginning of my next training cycle, I squat once a week. Um, I deadlift once a week, and I bench twice out the week, um, and then cardio in between. But a normal squat day for me is like I don't even know if people saw. Like I posted some of my training videos. Like for instance, one day last, one day getting ready for the open on the program, it was work up to four, four thirty for three sets of eight. Mm. And then you do then I do heavy walkouts, and then I do. Um, either pause squats uh, above parallel or pause squats below parallel and then I do reverse band work and then I turn around and still have to do uh, tons of accessories, bodybuilding accessories, all in the same day. Wow, so how, so, long, is, how long is this? So you have one squat day, but it's a killer squat day. Yes. Like how, how long do you think you'd be in the gym squatting then? Honestly, um, that's, the, that's the blessing about having a private training facility um, and, and it's it's pretty much maybe four hours I spend in the gym. Holy two Jesus. hours to two hours to do the full, and that's whether and that's regardless on whether it's squat, bench, and deadlift because each day is so demanding. Wow! You know, we take the time to truly build you up as far as we look at each movement and we go, what accessories do I need to do? It's a science. We look at it from a scientific approach. Approach. Yeah. Like, what do I need to do to make sure that my body can sustain X amount of weight? Mm-hmm. And we add it all in, and we go from there. And he, so your coach, is he pretty much with you every single time you train? Yes. Okay, so that's going to be the easiest. He's got his no online coaching, distance yes. type deal. Is that, would you say that's probably the best way to do it? Have it in person? I like to have it in person, but at this point, um, I, 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 I'm a lifter to where, because there's been some days to where, you know, he had to go to meets to help other lifters, or he had to just go out to help other other lifters train in person that couldn't make it to him in person. And so even for me as a coach, I'll, I, I, I go either or. I think it just depends on the person and, and what, what their schedule's looking like. Of course, in-training person is the best to go. Yeah. But online coaching, online coaching can be done, and it can be done correctly. But even for me to where even with my online coaching, I don't try to overload myself with the mass of people so that I can help everybody that I can individually because it's so time consuming. There's yeah. so much that goes into each training such session that I can't take on 40, 50, 60 people and expect to give them all the same attention. How do, people, some point, how do people get a hold of you for online coaching, by the way? Just online coaching is just more so just contact, contact me through my social media because I don't put my personal number out there just to keep the Unnecessary trolls away. <laughs> probably a good uh, idea. <laughs> and so it would be contact me through social media, and then we'll go from there as far as talking about what they want to do, 
whether that's meat preps, whether that's just you want in general fitness, whatever it may be, I can, not just me, but also my current coach, we both, but our training styles is completely different. Um, just more so you can contact me through social media. Okay, sounds good. And so do you, when you do these four-hour days, do you bench as well for, like, is your bench day also, is it, is it, let's look, if I get this straight, is that five days a week then? As far as training, so, like, for instance, like, I'll squat on a Sunday, then the next day I, it's my off day, kind of like cardio day that we all dread, and <laughs> then it's, the next day will be, okay, let's work on bench. We try to do it in the order I compete in, that's just us, we try to, we try to do our programming and training off the order it's going to go on meet day. Mm-hmm. And then that's Wednesday at bench. Thursday is shoulders and cardio day. And then Friday at deadlift. Oh, okay. And you get the weekends off then? Mm-hmm. Well, Saturday is like, Saturday is like, well, that's that extra bench day that comes in. Saturday I train wide grip bench. Ah, uh, okay. And then Sunday, well, not Sunday, Saturday. Friday is, ah, I said that backwards. Sunday squats, Tuesdays off. No, 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 no. So, oh, am I skipping Monday? <laughs> Sundays off. I'm like, I'm skipping something. Sunday squats, Monday's cardio, Tuesday's bench, Wednesday's shoulders, Thursday's beds, Friday's wide grip bench, Saturday's off, and then do it again. Ah, uh, gotcha. And do you think, does that help a lot with switching up to the wide grip bench? Do you think? Yes. Yes, I, I feel like training, doing, doing any type of accessory movement, um, using any type of specialty bars other than what you're used to is going to help aid you and the and, and just your normal way of benching. So yes, it's made a big difference in my bench. And, and what do you think is one of the key things that help with your squat and your deadlift? I noticed you said pause squats. Not everyone does them. Is that one of the big things, or what, what do you think is? What helped me me in particular uh, because last year I placed fourth at the U.S. Open. Um, I went seven of nine last year at the U.S. Open. And a lot of it was because I, that third attempt, my third attempt last year was 578. I opened with 570 this year, or 571, something like that. And the difference this year versus last year is we've taken the time to fix my deficiencies. So I had a problem with keeping my glutes tight throughout the entire motion just because I'm truly just trying to use rebound in the wraps because I've always trained in wraps. I've never trained raw. And so from about May all the way up until about February, I stayed out of my wraps and we trained raw. Mm. And so that's a long time to yeah. not be and and, and but there was no point because I was not competing in wraps. But we focused on doing movements like reverse bands, and that was by far one of the most beneficial things we've added into my squats because it's forced me to learn how to stay tight throughout the entire motion. Ah. I keep my glutes tight, keep my back tight, keep my core tight. Truly learning how to squat properly because if you don't, yeah, it's going to be a bad day. It's just the, the band just put that constant pressure on you pulling down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Or, or well, for us, we do it the opposite way. I think most people do it to where it's pulling you. So do you have it pulling, do you have it so it's overloading more weight and it's helping pull up? No, we do it in a way to where it. We do it in a way to where you're fighting against the tension. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's how. I, that's how I pictured it. And it's that constant tension that makes you force you to stay tight. Yes, because if you get loose at all, that's yeah, that's not a fun day. Trust me, I know. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think too. Uh, 
the bands too, don't they have like a natural plane of motion as well? So if you start getting out of that plane of motion, it gets harder in terms of bar path because they're straight up. So when you lean back, you feel it. So you want to almost stay in the proper bar path, which also probably helps too. Yeah, I don't do a lot of band work, but I think I might have to have to hear this. What about a deadlift? Is there something in particular that has helped you deadlift that you think people should think about? Um, just with deadlifts, I say deadlifts are individual because for me, my problem on deadlifts has always been um, speed off the floor and lockout power. Mm. And so that's why you saw a majority of my videos all the way up into the open being deficits and rack pulls. Ah, uh, okay. I did not pull from the floor at all until it was time. Holy and for me, yeah. That was tough. Coach was like, I need you to do 501 for 10 off deficits. And I'm like, you need me to do what? <laughs> That's good. You do a lot of volume, I noticed. Like, a lot of volume. <laughs> so some people, like, everyone's different, right, in terms of how the nervous system conditions. Some yeah. people, they do, they do a lot of volume. They feel like they get fatigued and they don't get a lot stronger. Other people, you throw volume at them and their single lifts go way up. Yes. I mean, it's all in terms of, you know, to where everyone, like you said, everyone's training is different, but when we do volume, it's always moderately light. I know the weight seems insane, but it's what I'm, what I'm considering moderately light, but it's, it's always in a way to where it's just like building my endurance up. Mm -hmm. And then, because basically he tries to keep me, and me with my athletes too, I try to keep my athletes um, healthy and fresh as long as possible because let's face it, heavy weight tears you down. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't, I didn't feel heavy weight getting ready for the U.S. Open until about four weeks out. Four okay. to five weeks out is when I truly started feeling about ninety percent of my what my one rep predicted max was. And is that just so that you don't peak too early? Your nervous system's peak too early. I'm not too sore. I'm not too beat up. Because you go into meat prep expecting to walk out or leave in a wheelchair. At least that's my mentality. Yeah. Because I'm going for max effort and I'm just like, techniques breaks down. I, I plan, I, pre I prepare for the worst. And so we don't touch anything that's going to truly tear me down until, you know, getting into maybe my last building day, my openers and second attempts, and then that's it. Mm. Try to keep my CNS um, from being too taxed and being too overworked. Mm. Um, we're at the 45 minute mark. I gotta hit some of these fan questions here. Okay. I don't want to skip this. Some of these are pretty good too. One second. I don't want to make them upset. <laughs> you, you, you got a growing legions here too. I mean, so let's see. Off the top. Um, well, first of all, here's an easy one. Are you planning on doing any international meets in the near future? Or are you going to stay in the U.S.? Um, that's up for, I mean, I've always said that I wanted to do international meets, but it's just a matter of getting an invite to go over to do international meets. And it'd be crazy not to. <laughs> if they're, if they're yeah, inviting people. It's always been a dream. Yeah, okay. And uh, someone's saying, what are some of your long-term total goals? Uh, let's let's do individual as well. What are some numbers you're chasing down? Numbers that I well, the numbers that I was chasing for the open was I mean the squat I got close six seventeen I'm pleased with that, but you know it would be nice to see me squat. It, for me personally, I would love to squat. 
I'm going to say it because Coach has already said it. I would love to squat 640 at about 186 pounds. Nice. Because I will be, I will, that's my normal, comfortable body weight. And if I'm going to squat max weight like that, it's not about my weight class at that point. It's more so just about coming in at a comfortable body weight. Um, bench press, I've always wanted to bench press 400. That has yeah. always been the goal. Yeah. Um, and deadlifts, the goal, the goal, I know I said 630, but my ultimate goal would be to pull 640. That's where I would love to go. And, was, and in terms of the timeline, do you think, how, how soon? Because you're 23. Do you see yourself sticking in the sport till like, geez, 10 years for you, you're still only 33. You'd still be in your prime. Like, it's crazy that you're in this Realistically, level. I think it just comes back to, because I know my body, like, like I'm going to compete in August, and so I know my body's going to need rest because I, I can't, run my body at 100 percent you know majority of the time and expect not to break down yeah. too soon so i'll see myself taking a break when i reach my goals and then who knows from there because i know i got realistic i'm going to become a school teacher soon and so i know at some point i'm going to have to shift focus and but until then i'm just going to lift until i have to shift focus until yeah. i get yeah it's kind of like maybe maybe not like there is like Mm-hmm. You got uh, like Jen Thompson, who's a mother of three kids, oh, full, yeah. time, full time, full time, yeah, full time school teacher, and she's awesome. she's forty whatever in her early forties, still killing it. I mean, still if, killing it. Yeah, hitting PRs, hitting PRs. Like, it, and the scary thing is, if you're twenty three hitting these numbers, if you stay in the game for like 10, 15 years, like, what are you going to be hitting? Who knows? That's scary. That's you know what I mean. I can think about that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. and it is hard to. It's hard to turn down. Like even let's say you're a school teacher, it's hard to turn down an extra forty k on top of your school teaching salary. That's nice. That's a hard one to say no to if it's there. Yeah, that's that's definitely. If there's a will, there's a way. You you get used to that income if you do it every year and like five years in a row you get a forty thousand dollar check. You get used to that extra income. Like, oh, I can't retire yet. Yeah, got a few things I want to buy. Main goals. All I want to become a school teacher and a coach. Um, you know, with us having our own private training facility, Hope and Barbell. One of my main goals as a coach, because there's nothing like our. There's not a strength facility like Hope and Barbell within a 150 mile radius of us. There's nothing like us that is designed for pure strength. Um, I want to genuinely funnel kids from the school to my to my gym. So being able to do that will allow me to be able to continuously to train in an environment that I know I can thrive in. If that makes sense. You know, I so. like you be perfect to do like motivational speaking at schools and if you thought about doing well, obviously you're going to be comfortable. You're going to be at schools and you're, you'll be comfortable in front of crowds mm-hmm. talking. That's not a big deal. But um, have you ever thought about visiting schools for even motivational speaking? I got invited to do that once, and this was maybe two years ago. I got invited to do it at a local school that was just needing somebody to come out that the kids can relate to. Because at the time, I think I was 20. Yeah, I was, I was 21. Um, and so that's something I'm always open up to do. Anything that I can do to help grow the community, to help give back, that's something I'm always going to be open to doing. I, I think especially with your story, and, and now I bet you're going to get more and more invites. If you... If you were to like reach out to somebody now and, and say what you've done and the whole nine, I guarantee you people are going to be lining you up. Um, here's a good question here. How do you stay hungry in terms of like when you go in, like you just achieved everything you did in the U.S. Open. 
And, um, and because you've had such a huge wide margin of victory, how do you stay hungry knowing that you just pushed so far ahead? You know what I mean? Because like, I didn't put up. Because I didn't put up my best. Ah, there you go. And so it's kind of it's you versus you now, right? Yeah. I, you know, even in my trainings, we're getting ready for the open tour. I always keep eyes and tabs on my competition because it keeps me humble and it keeps me knowing that there's people out there training hard, just as hard, if not harder, than I am. But a big part of it is always knowing that if you put forth your best foot, then you'll be hard to beat. That's yeah. how we all think, at least. And so moving forward, I'm always going to keep tabs on everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like stuff just to let them know I support you. Watch, I do. You, you, you like it? You, you like the videos to support it, but also let them know you watch it. You got an eye on it. I'll stay watching just so I can make sure. But I think a lot of people are going to take more of a conservative approach with their training, which I hope they don't. If you're listening. <laughs> um, Was there anybody that... The in particular, I think you kind of already said those five girls off the top were really the ones you were eyeballing up and you had to keep an eye on. How, one of the questions we got, and this is a good one kind of segue into it, how was, how did you deal with like a performance anxiety leading up to a U.S. Open and having 40K on the line and, and people, you know, the, the type of pressure you felt leading into it, how did you deal with that? And what was it, what did it feel like? It helped being able to say, okay, CC, you've already been on this stage before. You've already been here before. Um, and so for me, going into the meet, my thing was, like, if I never, if I'm in a situation and I don't put out my best effort, like I felt like I did do last year, if I get a chance to go back to a situation similar to that, I'm going to go back and get everything that I didn't get the first time I did it. And so getting ready for it this year, of course I was nervous. Any, 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 every competitor there was nervous, yeah. but it was more so just being able to harness the fact that you got to let these nerves. You'll see me doing like a lot of breathing. It almost looks like I'm, it looks stupid the way I breathe, but it's very calming too. You know, do you, so it's do you, like the anxiety goes away, the, the nervousness goes away. And honestly, I stopped. I mean, I, although you're pushing to win the money, on meet day, I stopped thinking about it because I, I can't let that be my fuel drive because if I'm focusing on money, 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 um, competition, competition, then I'm not focusing on those small steps that I have to remember to make or to execute each lift. Do you, when, when you're lifting, do you hype yourself up right before a lift? And um, and how are you like in between lifts during that day? Like, are you... I was, <laughs> I'm like, I come to meet, and I, I'll hype myself up. You'll see me do the neck slapping because I don't want to sniff ammonia. Yeah. I gotta wake myself up somehow. Um, but I'll, I know it's, you know, I know how to channel my adrenaline as far as okay, it's time because I only have so much to use throughout the day. So I'll channel it for each attempt. But in the back, I literally bring pillows and blankets. Oh shit. Like, I was in the back, with, it looked like a lounge area, like I had the comforter from the hotel room, all the pillows and the blankets, um, I brought food to eat throughout the entire meet prep, so I was literally in the back sleeping majority of the time, and rolling and stretching majority so you, of the time. Is that, does that help you kind of maintain, because you see some people get too hyped up, and you can't sustain that for three hours, you're going to crash. You got you got to crash, and I, I got that method from high school. Like that's how we do it. I, when I was in high school, powerlifting as a team, we'll get to the meet and we'll just set up camp. And then plus, I, I don't know about anybody else, but my back tightens up pretty fast. 
And the worst thing I want to do is lay on a hard concrete floor yeah. or sit in a hard, stale chair. Like, I have to be on something soft and delicate because I'm bougie and picky on meat day. Bougie. Sit on. <laughs> so I bring the pillows and blankets from my hotel room. That's something Leo makes fun of me for doing. She's like, CC, you just, every, every knee prep, <laughs> every time. Every time, CC. Every meet I do, I bring my pillows and my blankets. How do you sleep the day before? Like, do you have performance anxiety where it, it, it disrupts mm-hmm. your sleep and, and eating? And, and when it happens, I think the more you do it, obviously you've been doing this 10 years, so it doesn't rattle you. Like, yeah, it's okay. But do you, does it, it still? Does. It still does, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And that's because yeah. you care about it, right? Like, it's not something to worry yeah. about. Yeah. It still does because each meat prep, the, the, the goal gets harder the mission is there's there's more pressure than it was before and so normally the day before the meet i sleep well because i eat i, I, I it's it's leading up to that point to where because i'll take sleep aid the day before the meet just to make sure um i get at least 10 hours of sleep the day before me but normally i sleep well because at that point in time i put back carbohydrates in my body i'm mm. feeling good and i am full and I'm not eating fish and greens at all that day. I, I got, <laughs> I got uh, one of these messages. One sec here. I am Vince J. Asked you, who, oh my God. who is your best client? Who's your favorite client? Did he really, really, Vince? <laughs> don't put yourself out there like Don't, 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 don't set yourself up for heartbreak, Vince. <laughs> I don't favorite client. I don't I don't do that. I don't pick favorites, but um, you love him yeah, all he's asking me to say what he wants me to say. Yes, Jessica <laughs> Brownlee is my favorite dance, if that's what you want to hear. <laughs> you think that's um, okay. <laughs> but no, I, even being a coach, I don't pick favorites, but if you, I, because I genuinely enjoy training all of my athletes, um, but I do have one best friend, and he knows that. So if he's jealous of that, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Well said, well said. And we're closing in on an hour right now. Um, most of the questions we already, they're asking, like, what's your future goals? What got you into powerlifting? And we already hit up on that ourselves. Is there anything else you think we, we, you want to add out there? I have one last question myself, but I'll give you the opportunity or sponsors and whatnot you want to thank. Yeah, I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll take this time to just to thank my sponsors because I feel like a lot of people don't genuinely realize what all goes into a meat prep as far as the amount of people that help you along yeah. in your meat prep. So it's very selfish of me to pretend or to even portray that I've done this by myself. Um, thank you to Anderson Powerlifting for everything that you do for me and making sure that I'm always prepared during my meat preps and during meat day. Thank you to Squat to Death for preparing me and just accepting me onto the team and always making sure that I have quality apparel. Thank you. Thank you to my coach for always being hard on me, even though that sometimes I do not like it. But thank you. <laughs> and, and who's, what's, your, what's your coach's name as well? I don't think we... My coach... Oh, oh I'm sorry. DJ Holcomb is my coach. Okay. DJ Holcomb is my coach. Um, is he related? Thank you. We, we are... <laughs> it's awkward, but he's my coach, but we were recently married. And because of the, the pressure... As far as with the constant competitions, the business that we've just found that we work best being friends, coach, and business partners. Oh, there you go. There you go. And um, 
Plus, oh, my chiropractor. Thank you to my chiropractor. Thank you to my massage therapist, Nicole Damascus. Thank you to Bob and Selena Hester with NewFit. And thank you for bringing NewFit to East Texas. Um, who else do I need to thank? And just thank you to any and everyone that, you know, have always believed in me and pushed me to be the best person I can possibly be. Thank you. And, uh, and one last question. We always ask oh, when we okay. have a guest on here. When this is all said and done and over, how would you like to be remembered? Honestly, I would just like to be remembered as I don't I don't do this for attention. You know, I don't do this sport so that I can be liked by the mass. I do this sport because I want to be respected. And also, at the end of my at the end of my lifting career, I genuinely want to be able to just like how Susan push, Susan Salazar pushed this sport to where it is now for the females. Um. I would genuinely love to be remembered just by always helping people, inspiring people, and just truly showing people that you can overcome all obstacles, regardless of what you're going through. You know, yeah, I think I think you're well on your way for that. Uh, look, this was an amazing interview. I'd love to have you back. You got a an amazing story. Please invite you're, me back. You're a huge inspiration. Good luck with all your upcoming meets, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for picking me to win. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm going to be picking. I think a lot of people are going to be picking on you now, picking you to win now. I know, right? That's easy for <laughs> no sure. Pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Okay, CC, thanks for coming on. Have a good one. We'll keep in touch. Awesome. Thank you. See you later. See you later. Wowzers. Did not expect that story holy smokes that is a phenomenally inspirational i mean when you think about some people complain about how hard they have it to be that young 13 14 uh molested by somebody you trust a family member like that a falling out with your mother over it and then that young to try to process that stand on your own too you got every reason in the world to just go a negative route and let yourself fall apart. And instead, you know, she goes into the military, she's, she's putting herself through school, become literally uh, one of the greatest athletes we have in the sport of all time and, and walking this earth, just a physical phenom. It's, that, I, I was not expecting that. Um, I mean, I hope everybody listens to this one. This one's special. We got a lot of heat on this one. This one was, uh, she's obviously the, the hot topic right now in powerlifting. And um, you never know when you walk into these interviews, you know, what you're going to get. You never know. You don't know people's story. You know, you could see their lifts and whatnot, but you just don't know their story. And, and I think everybody who listens to this one, oh, man, you, you cannot, there's no excuses. You cannot feel bad for yourself. You know, and she's positive. You know, she's not an angry person by any means. But um, wowzers, that was, that was a good one. I was not expecting that, and I'm glad she came on. Extremely humble. Uh, like, she just absolutely slaughtered all these girls by a long shot, and these girls are the best lifters in the world. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you don't see runaway victories that bad, like by 20 points, and she was cruising at half speed. I mean, you just don't see that kind of thing in, in the top level of any sport. Uh, so it was pretty impressive stuff. And um, now I'm even, I picked her early and now I'm even more of a fan. I'm definitely a fanboy of CC. Uh, but anyways, we'll leave it at that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you tell your friends. If you listen to this, tell them. 
listen to this podcast, subscribe. This is the type of stuff we pick up all the time. Every, every week, every session, we're dropping more of these episodes and, and you never know what you're going to get. Not just tidbits of how to train, but I love digging into their stories. I'll, I'll ask questions and try to get something to help in terms of training people get to walk away from, but I love a good story. You know, I love getting to know these people. That's really what we push to get. Hope you liked it, everybody. Until next time, peace.